Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Pod on Your Loons. This is Sam. And this is James. Pod on Your Loons. Sam, are we are we missing Justin again for school Justin work? Is, Justin is really busy, guys. Man, it's going to be uh, Sam and James's podcast soon, I think. <laughs> but, mate, how you been? I've been good. I've been good. You know, life has been busy nine to five. It's seven o'clock right now, and seven o'clock is when my life cools down. <laughs> I don't like I'm don't get me wrong, I'm gonna rip on him throughout the episode for being too busy to come on the pod, but I don't miss those grad school nights that Justin is dealing with right now, where you you look at your schedule for the week and you look at what you have due coming up for your grad school classes, and he realizes that it just it doesn't all work. Yeah, I uh, I totally understand that. I got to like Sunday, not like yesterday, but the week before and realized that I had a 5,000 word essay due on the Thursday. So then my whole start of the week was just wiped as I did that. So I uh, I totally understand where he's coming from. Now, when, when I did grad school, I didn't realize how much I'd kind of revert back to the undergrad days, right? Like anytime I had a big paper... I mean, a lot of times it'd be like a Friday night, right? Like after just a busy work week, you didn't have any time to do it all week long. Now it's the weekend. Your friends are all doing stuff. It sucks, but you got to get through it. And I would just start pouring a drink. <laughs> like just <laughs> Total undergrad move. But, you know, as a 30 some year old grad student, <laughs> pour a drink. Yeah. Get it down the hatch and start writing. I understand that. For me, it was there were a few wines involved in uh, helping it get done. But, you know, it got done. That was an important point, which is good because last week was extremely busy. So, well, not uh, as busy as Justin. No. No. I mean, one day he'll uh, deal, with all of his, deal with all of his stuff, but he can come back. Are we just going to spend the whole time ripping on him? I think we are, right? <laughs> I mean, it's either that or talk about the game. Yeah. <laughs> True. I wouldn't want to show his face either. I, I know this is a this is a football or a soccer podcast, but man, the man's a Vikings fan, all right? I mean, you're even wearing Packers gear, so there's. Uh, I'm wearing Packers fan. gear as we speak. Yes, I. Yes, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to take this sweatshirt off just because they lost yesterday. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm not sure Let's- Justin is. <laughs> Let's just do the pod. All right. Let's just do the pod. Not a great sports weekend all around. It wasn't a great sports weekend for, you know, the two big NFL teams in this metro area, right? It's, yes, majority of the NFL fans in the Twin Cities are Vikings fans, but there is a very sizable portion of us cheeseheads that live here. Both those teams lost in ugly fashion. Chelsea fans had a big lead that they were watching, that they were enjoying, watched it just slip away and turn the TV off with the most disappointing of draws. Nate and his Tottenham fans had it even worse, right? Like <laughs> they, yeah. they were up three, nothing with less than 10 minutes to go. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is they scored three times in the first 16 minutes. And then let in three goals in the last like eight minutes plus some extra time. 94th minute they scored to draw. Ridiculous. 
Where yeah. as we we didn't get anywhere near as exciting, we just lost one nil to Man City. So <laughs> standard Arsenal. You, you as in Arsenal, not yeah. you as in balloons. No, no. Us as in Arsenal, standard, less possession, got beaten by Man City. No surprise. Sure. Well, we're only talking about soccer teams that draw on this podcast today. And we'll we'll use that as a segue. We'll just our little forward Madison segment. Just their 30 seconds of fame right now. Forward Madison, they drew at Fort Lauderdale 2-2, and they drew at Chattanooga 1-1. They have two games remaining in their season. However, they have already been eliminated from the top two, which this year the USL League One is having just a a two-team playoff. So just one game, right? What can you say? It's the big CF this year, but... Next season, right? We're already starting to think about next season. And Ford Madison, just a little bit unsure about what is going on and whether or not they will be able to play in Madison again or if they will have to continue to play outside of Dane County. Anyone that's been listening to this podcast knows that Ford Madison has been playing their home games in Wauwatosa, which is in Milwaukee County. And they have been practicing in the Wisconsin Dells, which I think is Sock County. I, I forget either way. Wisconsin Dells, about 45 minutes west of Madison. Milwaukee, about an hour, hour and a half east of Madison. They haven't actually been allowed to play in Dane County, in Madison, because of just the countywide restrictions that have been taking place during COVID-19. They are currently lobbying for the opportunity to be able to practice within their county and also play games within their county, whether that means fans are allowed or not. I don't know. I, I don't have any big thoughts on that. Obviously, Wisconsin's kind of a mess, but Dane County, Milwaukee County, they've been keeping it a little bit better than other parts of the state. And I guess my thoughts are, what's the point in not allowing a team to practice within your county if they're just going to drive 45 minutes? They're just going to drive 45 minutes west, practice there, and then drive 45 minutes back. Like That kind of defeats the purpose. You might as well just let them play. Yeah, I don't think moving them county is going to help that much, but hey, who knows? Maybe uh, that'll fix itself by the start of the next season. I mean, with that said, I fully recognize that Wisconsin is a mess right now. And, you know, you know I don't want Ford Madison to contribute to the mess. I just think that <laughs> it's hard to be too critical about someone telling you to be safe about COVID when you live in Wisconsin. Fair. Well, enough with Madison's big CF. Let's get on to our big CF, James. Yeah, I think we got to start with the biggest CF that affects us. Obviously, the loons and COVID. Yeah, I mean, we had two members test positive, cancelling our game against Dallas. The, the loons then posted on Twitter and Facebook that they were confident that Wednesday night's game against Chicago would take place. And there were a lot of memes in those comments, uh, a lot of GIFs. And lo and behold, about an hour before kickoff, there was another suspected case. Uh, which canceled that game. Thankfully. So hold on here. Hold on here. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about this now. Do you think there was actually a COVID scare or do you think Adrian Heath just had some grad school homework he had to do? <laughs> guys, 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 I, I need to take the evening off. I got stuff to do. Just someone, someone pretend to test positive or something. <laughs> oh man. But thankfully that turned out to be a false positive. So that was at least good. Then. 
you well, know, going it on. It was an hour before kickoff, right? An hour before kickoff. I think for them, it was a little bit more than an hour. But for us, like an hour leading into that game, I remember I was feeding my daughter. I was, you know, planning on getting her down for bed so that we could watch the game. And yeah, like as we're feeding her, as she's in her high chair, we get the text uh, canceled or postponed. Sorry, postponed. Postponed. Yeah. And it's yeah. And I think it's I think it's also good that we don't have fans at stadiums like the NFL does. Because you imagine rocking up and then finding out that actually, no, you need to go home because it's been postponed. I mean, that's at least one good, in inverted commas, thing that came out of that. You know, we don't have to, you know, no one's going to be there that has to be sent home. So I think that's all right. Thankfully, we've had no positive tests since that false positive on October 14. Um, so about a week. But having said that, because of all these positives and false positives and postponements of games and kind of just going around the ringer, we've had only two practices since, since October 5th, and we haven't played since October 6th. And I'm pretty sure they were talking in the, pod, uh, in, the, in the game last night how there's only been maximum five-player trainings. Like, we haven't even had a full, full training session uh, since back then. So, a bit of a big CF. That's our club day football, all right. Like, again, it's it's hard to be... I hope people... Re- and I think people do realize this, that when we call it the big CF, we're not taking shots at Minnesota United. We're not taking shots at the MLS. Like, we, we want them to all be able to play as safely as possible. We just... We recognize the nature of the situation. It's going to be a CF, it, and, and that's why we <laughs> include it in our big club football. Yeah, exactly. And I think one person, you know, who's probably hoping he can get away for a while is uh, Jan Gregush. He plays November 12 against Northern Ireland. If they win, they'll be in the Euros, which I think is going to be huge uh, for him as well as, you know, all Loons fans. Obviously, the Euros not being this year, being postponed back to next year. It should be exciting, I think, for the Euros. Uh, but also, it's it's one of those things we talked about a long time ago, that next, well, it's supposed to be this year, the Euros are in a lot of countries. So usually, the Euros are held in one country or maybe two who kind of host all the games. But this year, they were like, we're going to give all these countries at least one or two games. So now it's next year, do all of those countries get to keep that? Or do they then go back to kind of finding one or two nations to just have all their games in? Because we have no idea if COVID's still going to be this bad in all countries then. Right. So do they bubble kind of into one country or two countries and then... So is that a talking point in Europe right now? I hadn't read anything about that. It's not a talking point yet, but it's definitely going to be something that will be. Because, you know, for us specifically, we're kind of heading the way that we're going to go back into lockdown again. We're kind of halfway there. All of our cafes and restaurants have closed. No alcohol after 8 p.m. in a public place. Uh, I know Wales from this week is in total lockdown. Like from Friday, you can't see anyone. No alcohol after 8 p.m. in a public place. Does that include the trains? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> the best part about Europe. Hey, you laugh at things about America that you find weird all the time, and you guys True. get to drink on trains. 
which isn't it's weird it's like weird in an awesome way but you guys get to drink on trains yeah it's very true we do but uh not anymore <laughs> not at the moment anyway but uh like yeah and it's just i think the problem that europe's having is the various governments are doing things at a differing pace so like wales is going into a full lockdown but then england isn't and scotland isn't right so it's kind of all of this no one's really on the same page it's kind of like the states right like yeah, each state say, like... their own thing that they're doing so yeah it's the same kind of thing so to be honest i don't think it's kind of a th- it's been talked about at the moment but it will be it's something that will come up that is interesting i you're hearing it here first ladies and gentlemen because i have not heard about i have not heard about them uh relocating the euros so interesting stuff now relating to minnesota united of course jan gregish fighting for the opportunity to play in the euros but so jan gregish's game at northern ireland is november 12th so by theory the mls regular season is supposed to end on november 8th so four days before jan gregish's game so no way jan gregish is going to be there for decision day for the loons but think about the playoffs, right? We're expecting to be in the playoffs. I don't know how likely Jan Gregish, I mean, we're going to have to go far for us to see Jan Gregish again. Now, Which I, we will, I, obviously. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, no, I got faith. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not just writing us off, but we're going to have to go far to see Jan Gregish again. Now, I am not 100% sure that he did not fly back to be in Minnesota before going back to Northern Ireland. I am not 100% sure that we're not going to see him for a couple of games before he goes back to Europe, or if he's just staying in Europe the entire time. Shoot, by the time you're listening to this podcast, we may have seen his smiling face running and running on the field. But you think about those two-week quarantines that MLS is making people do when they come back. Let's move on. We're going to take a break from the big CF a little bit. Don't worry, we'll get back to it. But let's talk about last night's match against Houston. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the lineup. We had DSC in goal, obviously. The man in the moment. Uh, Gasper, Debassi, Boxy, and Matinair across the back. Uh, Dodson and Hayes, because uh, obviously Greg Oosh is on international duty. Uh, Lod Molino and Finlay. And then up front is Kai Kamara. You know, going into the first half, we did see Darwin Quintero in the lineup for Houston. Our other old friend, Christian Ramirez, he unfortunately had an inconclusive test on Saturday. And, you know, he had since tested negative twice, but he tweeted out because he was not able to join the game. He tweeted out, quote, all is well. Wish I could have been there tonight. Stay safe, everyone. So. We appreciate that, Christian Ramirez. We hope you stay safe too. Yeah, would have been good. So we still haven't seen Christian Ramirez play at Allianz Field. <laughs> That's the hot take. Well, he One was day. Just, he was just such a he was the face of the loons for so long, leading up to Allianz Field, and then he departed shortly before moving to that stadium, and even at, like he was at LAFC and was away from LAFC by the time they visited Allianz and. <laughs> he still hasn't made it with Houston. So one day. One day. But yeah, I think 
it's just it's a great start. Minnesota, they they come out of the gate firing, and then ten minutes in, Kamara hits a lot on a run with a beautiful little. I think it was a Molino header to a Kamara tap on to to Lod on the run, pass it right across the box to Finlay, and Finlay just scores quite an easy goal. And suddenly we're 1-0 up after 10 minutes. Yeah, it was quick. It was awesome. It, I mean, after not seeing soccer all month, that was what we were waiting for. And the buzz didn't last long in the 15th minute. Dotson had to come off. He rolled his ankle pretty bad. It was a bad follow someone had on him that earned him a yellow card, possibly should have earned him a red. But Dotson tried to move on it. It just wasn't working out. And Dotson was subbed out for Ozzy Alonso for his first appearance back with the Loons in a a long time. Yeah, it was uh, the slow-mo of that tackle. Just It just looks bad. Like the ankle just fully rolls over, and I mean credit to to Dodson to to come back and try and work it out and really try and give it a few more minutes. But yeah, it just I mean you can understand why he went off. It just it just looked bad. But yeah, then Ozzy Alonso came back on. And before we move on from from Dotson, I I don't remember the exact quote that Adrian Heath said after the game, but it was something along the lines of "Yeah, it's pretty bad." So. Not sure when we'll see Dotson again. Let's hope it's not too long, just because he has been, well, obviously we, we're we big fans of uh, Hassani Dotson on this podcast. He's uh, he's the Chelsea fan on the Loons, right? So I'm especially a fan of Dotson, but he's been so versatile. And in this season, you need that versatility. And he has been the Loons answer time and time again. And yeah, that sucks to see him go away. You don't want to see that happen to anyone, but especially him, especially this season, that sucks. Yeah, and uh, we wish him all the best in uh, and hopefully a quick recovery. And hopefully it's not too bad. Then 29th minute, we're suddenly 2-0 up when Hayes finds Finlay on a fantastic run and Finlay just buries a second goal to yeah, essentially double his... Uh, double his season tally in the first 29 minutes of a game. That didn't double his season tally. Fairly sure he was only on two beforehand. He was not. He had two in another. He has had another brace this year, and he's had other games where he scored a single goal. That was at least like seven. <laughs> All right, let me. Uh, yeah, you, you stats guy, go look that up. Let me stat that real quick. That was a great goal. Okay, well, the stat man looks up this. You know, I'll I'll just kind of summarize the first half. Minnesota definitely was the better team. Minnesota did look slightly uh, maybe out of practice because they were out of practice during the first half, but they took advantages. They took advantage of the chances that they had, and they converted. So it was two zero in favor of Minnesota United. And they they were winning the possession battle, too. They were the better team. All right, Statman, how many goals does he have this year? Uh, He now has six. Okay, so I I was close. Okay, yeah. You were off. (laughs) I was off. That is correct. Yeah. He had four going into uh, last night. Yeah, I was going to say, that wasn't even his first brace. It didn't tell me who the brace was against, but it's all good. Well, and then MLS doesn't always count their stats from the tournament. 
depending on what website you're on. Yeah. So <laughs> hard to get an accurate representation of exactly how many goals he has from where. Yeah. So looking up stats on the fly, I <laughs> because MLS in their official stats, they'll only count it if it was that group stage of the MLS's back tournament. They're not going to count any of the knockout rounds towards your gold tally. Anyway, he scored a brace. It was good. The resident Packer fan on the on the loons scores a brace. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the interesting things at the end of to finish up your wrap up of the first half was they were talking at, about at the end both teams just really like just ran out of steam. Like it was quite fast paced to begin with, but even then they were talking about how the loons needed to to really kind of look more aggressive and move the ball quicker because we look far better when we're playing quick ball. But right at the end of the first half, like both teams really just ran out of gas and it was really slow and there was not really much happening. And I think everyone was kind of waiting for halftime at that point. Yeah. And then halftime hit and, you know, no longer were the loons the better team for the rest of the game. No. Houston took the second half and, uh, there is a line, a famous line by Vince Lombardi. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it essentially was, we didn't lose the game. We just ran out of time. And if I was to summarize this game, the Houston Dynamo didn't lose. They just ran out of time. Because there is no way, even though they, they drew 2-2, there is no way that they wouldn't have eventually scored that winning goal had they had a little bit more time. I 100% agree. Like, they hit the crossbar twice. They were just looking ridiculous. We'll talk about the goals, but they were just looking ridiculously dangerous the last 10 minutes or so. And even the last after they scored, it was last. They were just looking dangerous. <laughs> so I think it was kind of thankful the final whistle blew. How ridiculous is this that the Loons ended the first half with 53% possession and that number dropped to 47% by the time the game ended? It's just... Or or like this, like the Loons ended the first half with three shots and they ended the second half with only one additional shot compared to the nine that Houston had in the second half alone. Yeah, I mean, I think we just really just ran out of gas completely. I think, you know, we haven't trained in a long time. We haven't played in a while. And yeah, I think we were so kind of wanting to come out of the gate. And we were so excited that we were back that we scored a couple of goals and then we started to run out of steam and then we just never got any steam back. Yeah, I just, this podcast tends to be relatively positive, I would say. Yeah. I, I mean, let's face it, it's been pretty positive. <laughs> not, <laughs> not relatively positive. We've been pretty positive, right? We, we've long joked that our theme song, if we didn't have to worry about copyright restrictions, would be everything is awesome from the Lego movie. That would be that would be the theme song of this podcast. But and in, in maybe it was because I just watched the Packers get torched and maybe it was because Justin just watched the Vikings get torched. But when he and I were texting last night and James, of course, was long asleep, but it was just that was some of the most negative I felt about the loons in a long time, because how do you tell me that we have Molino, 
Lud, Kai Kamara, like all of these guys on the field, and there's no offensive creativity. There's no offensive threat. Like, how do you have all those guys on the field? And like, I get Reynoso was out and, you know, we haven't even talked about that yet. Like Reynoso, you can probably assume is the one that is one of the two that has the coronavirus, unfortunately. But like, you can't tell me that just because Reynoso's not in the lineup, that there's no offensive creativity left in our lineup. Like, you just, you can't tell me that. Like, you can't tell me that there isn't a way to get that group of players that was on the field in the second half all clicking so that they can, I I don't even need them to score, but at least threaten to. There's no threat. Yeah. I mean, we just, it's unacceptable, really, to have the quality that we have out front and have one shot in 45 minutes. It's just, and I, and I get it. Like you, you have so much time off that, yeah, you might be a little rusty, but you know, Kai Kamara is one of the leading goal scorers in the entire MLS overall. Lod's been smashing in goals. We're a Lod, we're a four Lod podcast here. You know, Finlay scored a couple and then obviously got substituted. And Molino, you know, he scored at least, you know, he's been scoring as well. Right. And Molino was healthy and ready to go and look great. Like we have always said, like a healthy Molino and our, you know, guest contributor a uh, few times in the past month or so, Grant, he, he considers Molino to be one of the elite players in the MLS when he is healthy and ready to go. Like, how does that lineup not make more? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Heath is gonna. <laughs> I think Heath's gonna be having a chat. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you, James. And you know, we've we've been kind to Heath on this podcast, and I think the Minnesota United fan base is relatively split about Adrian Heath. And my take is that I I don't think we've always been fair to Adrian Heath. You know, for example, last season when you when you're competitive in the Western Conference all season long, you go to the U.S. Open Cup final, you host a playoff game. You honestly, you can't, you have no ground to criticize the coach too much. You, you know, as a longtime Packer fan, like I get it. Like Brett Favre's Hall of Fame years were possibly wasted by not having the best coach for his talent, right? And Aaron Rodgers, like we're seeing that happen again, where, you know, maybe Mike McCarthy got five more years than he should have just based on how good Aaron Rodgers was in just the Packers winning anyway, regardless of him not coaching the Packers to their full potential. Like I get that you can have a team do really well and not have the best coach uh, to get the full, just get your full potential out of the team. I get that. I get that. But on the other hand, I don't know how you I don't know how you can really criticize a coach or really expect that they're going anywhere if they are delivering on the expectations that are put out there. And then you combine that with this year, which has just been, you know, the big CF. The big CF, oh yeah. Where you you know, loons were off to a hot start before the lockdown. And in the MLS's back tournament, they made it to the final four. They made it to the, the to the semifinal. And again, that 
that buys Adrian Heath a, a get out of free card, uh, free of criticism, in my opinion. But I think it's now been cashed. I think it's now been cashed. I think we were pretty patient given all the injuries and just given the craziness of the season. But now I'm looking for Heath to bounce back. Now I'm looking for Heath to get his team moving because we can't just blame it on injuries when you have Molino, Kai Kamara, Lud, Finlay all in the lineup at the same time. You know, Finlay was still in the lineup for a good chunk of the second half. We can't just blame it on injuries when all those guys are in the lineup and there's still no offensive threat. Exactly. And you look over the stats from last night, we had one corner for the entire game. And that just tells me we aren't attacking the box and we aren't like using the wings to attack the box enough. And you look at Dynamo, they had nine corners and five offsides, which kind of tells me that while our defensive trap was working quite well, they were just constantly flooding the ball forward. And whether we, you know, we played a good defensive like offside trap and managed to catch them offside five times, which is a lot. But that also just means they were really aggressive. They're really pushing forward. They're really constantly, you know, going for it. And I would suspect that most of those nine corners would have come in the final 10 or 15 minutes because they just looked so unbelievably dangerous. They did. And if I'm honest about it, even though we went 2-0 up at 30 minutes, we're probably lucky to escape with one point. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. It's a draw that feels like a loss. And that may be just because it was a awful sports weekend in this part of the world, regardless of which side you were on. But yeah, I guess we'll take the point and we will move on. Yeah. And I mean, the silver lining out of all this is that Houston is four points behind us and we have two games in hand. And I think, you know, we talk about how kind of everyone's making the playoffs this year, but how many teams actually is it? Is it eight or is it 10 now? It's eight in the Western Conference. Yeah. So it's eight, right? We are three points away from not being in that eight. With a couple of games in hand. Yeah, like we've got one game over Real Salt Lake. Sure. So, like I think between, like us and Dallas are probably the teams that are, Dallas has the most games left in hand. They have three. And then, of course, you go in the big CF part two, because you have the Rapids. We have the Rapids. Are we done talking about our big CF last night? You want to start talking about the Colorado Rapids and their big CF? Yeah, I mean, the I just think like our defending was a bit lackluster when they scored. Um, oh, oh, okay. So you do have some more of our big. Team yeah, I just have a little bit to go back to because, like, I think when I was watching it, the fact that they have, I think it was the first goal that they had four men against two defenders was just poor. Like you can't. That was the one where Hayes turned it over in the midfield, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that that one did catch him off guard. You, you know, Hayes isn't known for turning the ball over, has been protecting the ball pretty well all season long when he's been in. Yeah, they were, they were caught off guard. And of course, our, our old friend Darwin Quintero was in on that one too. He got the assist on that ball. So 
Yeah, and I mean, when you're the, you're that close and you've got no defender on you, you're just going to absolutely smash it past Dane St. Clair. And then I think, like I said, like like we said earlier, I think it was, you know, it was, they were going to score two. They probably should have scored about four. And, like, put credit where it's due. Like, Dane St. Clair still had a couple of amazing saves that he went did. off the crossbar. It definitely could have been worse if not for him. Um, so I think, you know, two all is still a credit to him as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was coming off of, I think, like three straight clean sheets. and Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eventually you're going to get scored on. But uh, I think he did very well to kind of keep it to two all. But yeah, let's stop talking about that. Let's go on to more exciting things. The Big CF. The Big CF Part 2. Part 2. The Colorado Rapids. So before we get started on this, this is a super fun fact. Colorado Rapids have played four less games in the LA Galaxy, and they are still ahead of them in the table. <laughs> and they're still only one point behind the Houston Dynamos, who have played six more games than them. It would be interesting to see, given that stat, how many of Colorado Rapids players could be paid for by just Chicharito's salary. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's just a crazy stat. Like, they are... Two points off the playoffs with six games in hand. The reason why we're bringing this up. So Minnesota United has had two games postponed. It was just announced like right before this podcast started recording that our game against Chicago was going to be on November 4th, which is my wife and I's anniversary. So there'll be a nice (laughs) little date night for us. (laughs) Get a babysitter. (laughs) But Colorado, they haven't played since September 23rd. And since then, they have had seven games postponed all the way up to October 21st. Now, ESPN earlier, they reported that MLS Deputy Commissioner and President Mark Abbott had expressed that the league is still expecting that the entire season is to be completed. His quote was, there is nothing we're seeing that would cause us to think that we won't finish the season. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I think we're seeing something that would cause us to think that that might not happen. And it's happening in Colorado. I mean, you got to give hands down to a blatant optimist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man sees the glass half full at all times. He's more positive than we are. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... Speaking of ESPN, in an article by ESPN's Jeff Carr, uh, August the 8th, Don Garber said a points-per-game calculation could determine standings if necessary. The quote was, it's pretty clear to all of us now that we're going to have a season that's going to have a lot of competitive balance issues. If we have to postpone a game, cancel a match, and we're not able to reschedule it, we're going to apply the points per match as opposed to total points in determining how to qualify for the playoffs. I got to say, this was the first time I had heard that quote, even though it was from back in August. But I appreciate how upfront he was, even back in August, about the competitive balance issues, right? Like we've been talking about, like, why do we have to play Dallas and Kansas City four times each? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, why can't we play LA Galaxy at all? Like, (laughs) yeah. Give us a shot at the galaxy. We want we, we want the galaxy. 
there are clearly competitive balance issues. We no longer have a balanced schedule if we have to go to a points per game thing. I'm just wondering, like, does Colorado just get, if we go to points per game and Colorado makes up for a lot of the points that they missed out on, the only thing that that sucks about is that now Colorado got this long break and didn't have to deal with the stresses of a congested season. And, you know, assuming that they get a game or two off before the playoffs, like that could be an ideal situation for them. While like our team, for example, has been struggling through injuries this entire time that Colorado's been out. And our team has been struggling to to earn points this entire time Colorado was out. That's my only thing. I get that I have no idea how Colorado is supposed to make up all those games and short of just finishing the regular season and as soon as it's finally done, bringing everyone back to Orlando or somewhere like that and just finishing off the playoffs properly down there. I mean, no one wants to come to Allianz in the winter, but <laughs> I I don't know how easy it'll be to convince the MLS players that we're all going back to Orlando. But So help me understand this points per match. So it's basically saying that they have 19 points after 13 games. So they're earning about one and a half points a game. Yeah. So you just multiply that by the remaining games that they have. Yeah. Okay. How many games do they have remaining? How many total will there be? 20... 26. 26? 26? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because we had a couple postponed. Okay. So basically they're doubling their point total. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you're going to 38 points. Well, at the moment, that's looking great. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be interesting then, I think. I mean, we just got to stop drawing. <laughs> that's our you problem. Think? You think? <laughs> <laughs> now, the only precedent that there is for this um, within the MLS was back in 2001 when games were canceled due to 9-11. And, of course, that with the season ending in, in the fall, right, like, those games that were canceled around September 11th would have been towards the end of the season. I'm not sure. I, I was pretty young back then, but I'm not sure how many games would have been canceled or postponed or I guess eventually canceled after they were postponed. But that is the only precedent for the MLS having to resort to a points per game, a points per game um, determination for the standings. I guess the only final little note we have on the big CF before before we close things off is that it sounds as if there's a good chance that the supporter shield will not be awarded out this season just because it's it's really weird with not there like we said there's no balanced schedule some teams have to play each other like four times other teams don't play each other at all I get the argument for no supporter shield. It does sound like everything that comes with the supporter shield is still going to happen, including the champions league spot, the bonus money, all of that. But sounds like there will be no supporter shield. Um, I know one team in particular, uh, Toronto FC was very upset by this. Of course they got to play Vancouver like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing pretty well in those supporter shield standings. They were pretty upset by that, but, you know, kind of said, this has been the hardest year ever. We're on top of the standings. 
like you want to take this away from us after everything we have sacrificed for this season so that you have something fun to watch. I get it. But with the Champions League spot and the money still there, I don't know. Isn't that, I, I don't know. Support, I guess Minnesota United's never won the Supporter Shield. So I don't know how cool it is to win the Supporter Shield. <laughs> I'd maybe be jacked Yet. if we ever won it. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, like, the Eastern Conference, like, Toronto is 10 points ahead of the Sounders, who are leading the Western Conference, and the Sounders have two games in hand. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and Vancouver has the most losses out of anyone in the entire in the entire MLS. Because uh, they also have zero draws. beat up on by Toronto. <laughs> they also have zero draws. Because they were just getting pumped repeatedly um yeah i mean i understand why you wouldn't do it but i also understand that you're probably only ever going to be aggrieved if you're the top team right you know if toronto was sixth or seventh probably don't have so much of a problem yeah probably don't care probably yeah probably don't care at all so yeah i mean that's just the way it is you're never going to make everyone happy i just don't get like if you're already giving them the money, you're already giving them the Champions League spot. Why aren't we also just giving them this? The shield. <laughs> <laughs> like if they get all the if they get all the bonuses for winning, why not just actually win the thing? Yeah. Like I, I get the argument, right? Like this isn't one of those things where I was like, how dare you? Uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not in a hizzy about this. <laughs> Yeah, because it's always going to be one of those seasons that even if you win the Supporters' Shield, there's always going to be this huge asterisk next to it, which is like, well, there was COVID. Well, even if you win the MLS Cup, right? Like, even if you win the Super Bowl, you won the Super Bowl the year that away games were, you know, significantly less hostile. Yeah, you got to go to... You know, Lambeau Field and no one was yelling at you in freezing temperatures. Yeah. So. I wonder if they still moon the away buses as they leave. <laughs> From a safe distance in between each other, of yes. course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, man, thanks for joining me after, uh, actually, you were, you were planning on coming on even before Justin ditched us, but thank you for joining us. No worries. Minnesota United next take the field on Saturday, October 24th at Cincinnati. And then following that, they will be hosting Colorado, allegedly, on Wednesday, October 28th. Yeah. Who knows if that's going to (laughs) happen? I mean, at some point, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I got you. We'll see. And then we've got, uh, yeah, we've got a few games after that. So hopefully they get done. Yeah, including my my anniversary date. So thank you. Thank you, Minnesota United, for because I, I hadn't planned anything yet for our anniversary. So. <laughs> Perfect. Not in watching Chicago. This this will be a nice romantic, nice romantic evening. Yeah. I mean we're gonna have a we're gonna have quite a run of games quite soon after each other. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. But until then. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace.